Welcome, players, to the Triple Play Fantasy Basketball Show. We're the podcasts that's predicted as the breakout candidate for this upcoming season. I got my normal crew here. I got Brad Lee Davis. What's going on, Brad? I'm good, man. I've just been binging Russell Westbrook practice clips, getting excited for the Wizards season this year. I love it. I love it. As a Wizards fan, I that is music to my ears. And for those wondering, Brad Davis was a former NBA player that uh, had a short career with the Mavs. He's 64 years old. I'm officially <laughs> reaching. I'm officially reaching at this point, but I'm not out of ammo yet. He played for Maryland, right? Yes, he did. Okay. Yes, he did. Look at you also, trying to get a trivia point. I yeah, he does. <laughs> I also <laughs> got Justin James Lewis. What's going on, Coach? Man. John Wall's back, baby. 13 and 9 assists. He looked real good yesterday. It was he cool did. to see him. Marcus Cousins together again. So that was a little high note from yesterday. Really good to see that. He looked explosive. Yes. He did. He did. And you know, he hasn't taken the court in almost two years, so it's good to see him back. And we have a guest this week. He's a recruiter, director, <laughs> podcaster, barber, among others. <laughs> a former Tennessee State aristocrat. This man's heart is still in the DMV as he supports the Washington teams. He's a host for the Back Row Redskins. We wa- we not only welcome in a man, we welcome in the man, the Chokuba. What is going on? Hey, man, thank you so much for having me on, man. I've been trying to get on the show for a while, man. And when you guys hit me up, I said, man, I can't turn this down, man. So I'm happy to be here. Yeah, and it's a pleasure to have you on. Well, Manny has been one of the many awesome people we've interacted with on Twitter. You know, it just so happens that we grew up in the same area. Obviously, we're big, both big sports fans, so it was only a matter of time, and he's going to provide some great insight today because we have a great show planned. With the NBA starting a few weeks down the road, we want to continue to get into the fantasy aspect, and we're going to talk about forwards today. So we're going to have the four topics we did last week. A star that you'd overpay for or draft higher than consensus, a sleeper, a bust, and a rookie that will provide some value. After that, we'll go to our question of the week. What rookie has had the best season or who's had the best rookie season since Magic and Bird? And as always, we'll have our game of the week revealed at the end of the show. But first, some news and notes. First little bit of news and notes. Y'all hear that? That's the Brinks truck backing up because Paul George got paid. Four-year, $190 million extension that guarantees him $226 million over the next five years. If you need to borrow a dollar like in uh, uh, Everybody Hates Chris, that's the man you want to hit up. George said he wants to spend the prime of his career in L.A., which is essentially what he's doing. Now the Clippers are turning their focus and trying to lock in Kawhi long term. Manny, I want to start with you since you're the guest. Oh, man. Do you like the the extension considering how much he's getting paid? As a Laker fan, I love it. Okay? As a Clipper fan, if I was a Clipper fan, I would hate it. And this is why. You go ahead and you pay Paul George. More money than what AD is receiving, I believe. The contract at the end of his at the end of this uh, life of this contract is going to be crazy. Um, it's going to be an unmovable contract, and I believe that 
Kawhi leaves. And I also believe that at the end of the day, the Clippers end up trading Paul George. So I don't see Paul George on the Clippers for more than two years. So it was a business move. It had to be done because you invested so much to get Paul George. But I think this was a terrible deal, in my opinion. Very well said. Very well said. And I know as a Lakers fan, you're happy. I can see the smile. (laughs) Coach, Coach is someone that's wearing a Lakers jersey. Do you feel the same way? Um, absolutely. It's a, it's a play to kind of salvage that five first rounders that they sent uh, to OKC. They're going to, they're going to die with this contract in play. Um, it's also a ploy to, to try to keep and entice Kawhi to say who can obviously opt out at the end of the season. So at least they're being one of them. Um, I think it's interesting timing, um, after that pandemic performance shooting 29 from field in the playoffs hitting the side of the backboard. I, I think Paul George needs to stop talking just who. I mean, if you were if you listen to that all the smoke podcast, you yeah. downplay Doc's knowledge just and put me in the right scoring positions, making excuses about coming off an injury. He, he dogged the Pacers organization. He even slided right at the end of the day. He's talking too much. He says he owes the Clippers a trophy. I mean, I think it's time to stop making excuses and then come for your team with actions and not words. Very true. Been and waiting and I to like, go in on Paul George. And, and and I like the point you made. How many of us could actually like have our worst performance at our job when it matters most and then get rewarded with a bonus? Like the, the timing of it, I understand that they just invested a lot, but he had an awful playoff. Like pandemic right. P is a real thing. A real and, thing. And, and, and he got handsomely rewarded. But speaking of handsome, because Brad has, to- has coined that term for this show, Brad, do you feel the same way as them? I don't. I'm, I'm a little more positive on it. Um, you know, as far as what he's been saying, like, I don't think we should read too much into him saying, you know, he wants to end his career there. As you said that everywhere he's been. And if we learn anything from this offseason, it's that no contract is untradeable. So uh, as for whether I like the move, I actually do. I, I think Ballmer is the richest owner by leaps and bounds and, Going into the luxury tax will be nothing to him. So the amount, you know, going to PG and Kawhi will be getting paid. You know, that's not a big deal to me. And more importantly, I don't read it too much into the playoff performances because, you know, it's been bad. But I think the regular season performance is the sample size to judge him by. And I think he'll eventually revert back to that when the playoffs come around. Um, This is a guy that was first team all NBA a couple of years ago. So theoretically, that's a top five NBA player. So that's the championship formula, you know, get as many top 15 guys together as you can and fill the rest of the roster out. And they're going to have two of those guys right now. And it's it's your responsibility if you have a top 15 player to sign them. So I, I think they did the right thing by not letting them walk, not letting them feel, you know, underappreciated or undervalued because there's not a lot of people that can replace Paul George in terms of production offensively. And that's not even talking about what he brings on the defensive end. So. Um, I agree, you know, his playoff performances have been rough, but we know what kind of player he is, and we expect better performances from him because we know how good he is. So I think that'll all come out in the wash eventually. Yeah, and and good points. And I think we all agree, when the Clippers made that trade for him last year, giving up the five or six first-round picks, that you have to re-sign him. You can't just mortgage your future like that and let him walk. So they put themselves in that position. The thing I'm curious about is – you know, as COVID affects NBA, uh, you know, we saw in the bubble, there were no fans. And I think 
you know, maybe they have limited amount of fans. If the salary cap shrinks in the future, or if it doesn't go up the way that it has been over the years, Manny had mentioned his, his contract is very backloaded. So the fact that they, you, uh, you, Eric, they, uh, they instituted a, a mandatory escalator in the, in the recent CBA. So it's not going to, the salary cap is going to stay going up by 5%, I believe for the next like three years. Okay. So I don't think they're going to run into small okay. cap. Well, that, that definitely nips my point then. I'm more still with Manny and coach. I, I don't think that, yeah. I think you have to pay him, but I don't like that value, but yeah. we'll see. We'll see. Um, next little bit of news and notes. NBA is crafting a policy to manage widespread use of COVID-19 vaccines. So this would educate players and staff about vaccine choices, possible side effects, and the efficacy with the intent to put players at ease if they choose to receive the vaccine. Uh, Coach, should other sports be doing this? Um, I think that the NBA is going to be the guinea pig here. And again, the trends that are to show the platform for other major sports to follow. I mean, it is a timing thing with the vaccine just being put together now. Um, but I also think that it's Adam Silver showing why he's the greatest commissioner, trying to put himself at the front line and get his players vaccinated and to kind of showcase to the American people that the vaccine is safe. Look, our basketball players are using it. It makes me feel more comfortable that the season is going to play out according to the schedule that we have at hand. Yeah, no, that's a great point. Brad, you feeling the same? Yeah, I'm I'm sure other sports are doing this, or at least they're in the process of doing it. But I think James hit the nail on the head. I think it's important to note that timing is a big factor in how the NBA's decision-making has been going more than anything else. You know, like when they shut down the league, it's not because they were so virtuous. It's just that we didn't know anything about this virus at that point, And the NBA couldn't afford the liability of playing and spreading, you know, a deadly virus. So now that, you know, they're luckier in timing this time around where they're getting ready to start playing again. And now there's a vaccine that's getting ready to be mass produced. So uh, I think that's the most interesting thing to me personally to come out of this. Um, and also I'd be interested to see, you know, if they release numbers of how many players want to take the vaccine or if the league makes it mandatory, I think that'll be something that will be an interesting sample size to look in as like, you know, a, a myopic view of like what's going to happen with the rest of the community. Because I think like like James said, they're going to be cavaliers about this. They're going to be pioneers. They're going to be leaders. And people are going to look, you know, are these athletes that so much of their value and their earnings power is tied to their health? Like, are they comfortable taking this vaccine? I think that's going to matter a lot for people. Yeah, yeah, great point as well, Manny. I, I, I'm expecting another great point from you. I mean, I agree with these two guys. I mean, they've pretty much hit the nail on the head. Um, it's all going to be all about are the players willing to take this risk? Because it is a risk. I mean, just yeah. like we don't know at the beginning what the virus was about and, you know, how to, you know, tackle this thing. Now you bring this vaccine and it's kind of like, do I have to take it? Because if I'm a player, I'm mm-hmm. not taking it. You know what I'm saying? I want I'm to see. You. I want to see what happens. You know what I'm saying? My, like yesterday, my wife and I was talking, and she was like, "Well, when these vaccines come out, you know, uh, she was like, well, let the politicians take it first. Let's, you know, let these guys, uh, yeah. you know, let them take it first, and then the rest of us, then we'll kind of see how people react. You know, yes, it's going to be different for different people, but it's going to be interesting to see if they make this thing mandatory. If they do, you could find some issues." You know, then, mm-hmm. then if you don't take it, then what's the penalty? Is it okay? Right. Can you play this season? You know, so it's, it's going to be interesting to see how it affects everybody. But I'm with you too. 
Yeah, and I think that's a good point because right now nothing is mandatory. And I applaud the NBA because they always seem to be proactive. Mm -hmm. And they're at least bringing the awareness of this. And I think as we're coming up with a vaccine, whether people feel safe taking it or not, at least if you're providing the information and giving the option of getting it, I certainly think, like Brad mentioned, that's a pioneer move that the NBA is doing. Last little bit of news and notes I just want to touch on. James Arden has, quote unquote, ended his holdout, but will now need (laughs) six consecutive negative tests after being spotted at a bar without a mask. James Harden, I believe Steven Jackson uh, dubbed him like a rapper wife or something because he's he's paying money to call. He's like buying all these rappers gifts. So I I just have a quick question, and Brad, I want to start with you. Do you think James Harden intended to be caught knowing that it would make him uh, difficult to go to Houston for the start of the season? You know, I think to be caught implies that you were hiding. I think it's clear Harden knew that their (laughs) night was being documented and it would get out to the public. I think he had a good time and he knew he wasn't going to fly with the Rockets. So, um, but he's their best player and he's trying to have as much leverage as possible to leave his current situation and holding out would do that. But I think he decided his best bet would be to make money and play and hope everything eventually works out. Maybe you make the Rockets miserable enough to trade you. But um, also, I think if he was moving that reckless, you know, like I didn't see a mask in sight. It wouldn't surprise me if he already had it and he thought he didn't need a mask. So yeah, I mean, like, I, that's it's, it's interesting. It's going to be interesting to me, like if he passes clear, you know, with these these six consecutive negative COVID tests, um, I think that'll say a lot and, you know, how the rest of the season goes. Yeah. Manny, uh, any, anything you want to add on that? First of all, I want to say that James Harden is a diva. And, <laughs> yeah. um, Get it off your chest. I mean, he just is what it is. You know, phenomenal player. He just wants to get out of Houston. And he's doing everything in his power to get out. You know, every yeah. single week it seems like there's a new team that James Harden is going to add to his dream destination. Yeah. Dream destination, you don't have no control on where these people trade you to. Yes, they might be nice and say, yes, you've been part of the franchise, you've been a franchise guy, blase, blase. But at the end of the day, you still got two more years left on your contract. So, you know, I believe Houston holds all the leverage. Um, but, yeah, I think that he's definitely he, – he definitely knew what he was doing, and he's definitely trying to get out. Coach, you echo a similar sentiment? Yeah, we're talking about one guy with too much power that I don't trust to another guy from Paul George and now – James Harden. I mean, this is a story of legend spending three hundred thousand alone on another man's birthday, handing him a hundred. <laughs> like, what are we doing here? It must have been a hell of a birthday bash. Then we go to Vegas like- for partying. The NBA players were supposed to be quarantining, so I mean, the Rockets have all the rights to find him or be- reach a contract. But of course, the control is in. James Harden's hands, and they're not going to do that. They don't want to be the franchise that looks bad for finding their star players. But he put the Nets, the 76ers, Heat, and Bucks on his list. They're all, like, title contenders already. It's, I just think it's an interesting list that he puts together, and he just thinks he rules the world. So I'm with Manny on that. Yeah, I mean, not too but much. If you look at the history, if you look at the history of, like, the last few superstars yeah. that have been traded, they're going to where they want to go. Like, it's. I don't think it's crazy to demand you want to go somewhere. It's a player's league. It's a player's league. It now. is. And, and, and I just want to touch tie the knot on this. I think we can all agree, A, James Harden is the new Drake, where he's the rapper wife. And B, 
I, I agree with you, Brad. I think James Harden, James Harden did want, didn't really care. I mean, even if he had a mask on, he's the only yeah. guy with a beard that big, or he's probably in that 0.1% of people that have a beard that's huge. And he's probably in that 0.00001% of people that are 6'5 and have a beard that size. Exactly. So I would say, though, of all the players that have demanded a trade, nobody's been given more than James Harden in his time in Houston. They've given him everything he's ever he wanted. Deserves it. He deserves Give it. He's, he's, he's arguably the best. He's, he's arguably the best offensive player of all time. Like, I, if you're going to give somebody – you know, perks. I think it's that guy. Look, look what he's done to that franchise. Like, I, I think something leaked a little while ago of him, like saying that he thinks the the Rockets are the Knicks of the of the South, and I don't think that's crazy. Like, it, he made them a playoff team. He he's the one that made them have expectations. So if he, if anybody's gonna get diva, you know, diva perks, it should be that guy. That's true. Right. Well, let me go ahead and add this. Uh, if I'm thinking, uh, um of the Rockets as the owner, right? And mm-hmm. I don't know what they've already invested in terms of draft picks, in terms of potential lottery picks, you know, coming because if James Harden leaves, there's a potential this team turns into a lottery team for the next maybe two to three years. I know John Wall is there. I love John Wall. I have two John Wall jerseys. I, I mean, he's my guy. DeMarcus Cousins is there on a one-year deal. I get it. But if James leaves and you don't get maximum compensation, this can be – I mean, this can look pretty, pretty bad. Yes. Okay. Look at the look at the situation that happened with Kawhi. He wanted mm-hmm. to go to L.A. Supposedly, right? That didn't happen. So they traded him to a team that he didn't want to go to. I know that the situation is different. You know, James Harden, Kawhi, different. You know, but at the same time, I believe that the Houston Rockets are going to do what's best for them. Because if you're talking, if you're talking, let's say the Nets, right? Dinwiddie and Levert, and some draft picks and some cap fillers, or uh, ben Simmons, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's like they want to trade him to get a guy that's a potential star, then starting all over again. Because when you look at the cap, bad contracts they already have, the draft picks that they don't already have, it's, I mean, this can go pretty bad pretty quick. Yeah, and that's a great point. And, you know, it'll be interesting as we're approaching the season, if James Harden does get traded, I mean, I think that would be probably the biggest name we've seen move teams. I know we just had the wall for Westbrook trade. I think Harden is the tier above that. As Brad mentioned, he's, oh, yeah. he's, he's a, an elite scorer, but mm-hmm. we'll see. Speaking of seeing, if you like what you hear so far, make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button wherever you find your podcasts. Want to hear more Triple Play? Great news for you. We have a fantasy baseball and football show that you can also check out, available anywhere you get your podcasts. If you're enjoying the content, how about being forward? Y'all see what I did there? And give us a five-star rating and review. Check us out on Twitter and IG at TripPlayFantasy. Myself and Brad run our social media and provide daily questions. Occasionally show and David tweeting for clout and our weekly episode drops. You know that feeling when you beat your friend in 2K and you have bragging rights? That's what we want to be. We want to keep you entertained, but it starts with you. Thank you, the loyal player for your listens each and every week. All right, guys, taking up where we left off last week, fantasy basketball forward preview, baby. We got four topics, as mentioned, a star that you're going to pay higher for, a sleeper um, that you would draft higher, 
a bus that you're avoiding for their price or ADP, and a rookie that you think will, that will provide some value. And the first is the star. So who are you willing to pay a price for? So the draft is loaded with forwards at the top. Mm-hmm. Giannis, Jokic, I think counts as a power forward in some formats, LeBron James, etc. So Manny, I want to start with you. What player are you willing to overdraft, even take with your top three picks to make sure you secure this upcoming season? Believe it or not, as a Laker fan, I'll go Jason Tatum. Okay. And you might think, okay, he might not be worth a top three pick, but he has, to me, like, you know, out of all of, like, the obvious guys, right, he's, like, next level. I think he's going to take the next step. Last year, we saw him do a lot of great things and literally leading that team. You know, uh, I think there's a changing of the guard when Kyrie left. It really literally became Jason Tatum's team. There was a game that I saw him go against Kawhi, and he gave Kawhi everything that Kawhi can handle, and Kawhi being one of the most elite, you know, two-way guys. So I think Jason Tatum takes that next step, that next uh, uh, MVP caliber type season. And I think that happens this season. Yeah, I think that's a great pick. And Kemba Walker is out to begin the season with a knee issue. So really, you know, the you look at Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, the two Mm -hmm. people that got those contract extensions, Mm -hmm. they're now going to have the brunt of the work and they have the contract to back it up. So Manny, my question is, in a snake draft, because obviously everybody has different prices for auctions. I know the ESPN standard is 200 for a 13 Mm -hmm. player. But if you were in a snake draft, Mm -hmm. how early would you take Jason Tatum? I would take Jason Tatum as high as pick five. Okay. I like it. I like it. That's a a bold pick. That's a bold pick. Coach, who are you going with? Well, this is why you write down two. As you guys know, I love me some Jason Tatum. I think he's on the brink of stardom as well. But uh, my breakout superstar is now maxed out. Bam, bam, out of bio. He's right now currently listed at 31. He's going to make another leap. Um, we all saw the higher elevated player when he got into, well, the bubble, but yet the playoffs is really where he made his mark. His numbers have improved every season. He's 16, 10, and 5 last year. I can see that going all the way even as high as 20 and 11. Um, this guy is a, is a bona fide star. You can, you can throw him at the center position as well. Um, I like that versatility. Um, but yeah, I, I echo Manny as well as far as Tatum, and that's why you write down two people. Yeah, I mean, Coach, you're, you always have like five or six prepared, so I'm not surprised about that. And it's interesting that both of these players signed the Supermax this offseason. Mm-hmm. So even though that they were coming into their stardom, I think their teams have even higher expectations for them to perform compared to what they did last year. Mm-hmm. Brad, where are you going? You going for another Max extension player? No, you're going to like this one. So, uh, to me, fantasy basketball is all about staff stunning, uh, stuffing and winning categories. So you prefer to have guys that can do that for you. So one person who I draft higher or overpay for is Michael Porter Jr. Ooh. So he's ranked as the 19th forward. And I'd take this dude in the first round if I didn't have a top five pick. Oh my so God. he's finally healthy. Jesus. I know. He's finally healthy. So uh, he's going to be able to be the starter this year. And his per 36-minute averages are 20, 10, two assists, one steal, and one block. So you talk about stat stuff, stuff for your guy. He can help you in category leagues with double-doubles. He'll shoot six threes a game and hit over 40% of them. He's a guy I anticipate is going to have a break year, breakout year. He's kind of the – if I were to compare him to football, he's like the Kyler Murray of this year to me. Mm. 
Yeah, now that's that's a solid pick. I mean, you could have used Michael Porter for your sleeper because I, I don't think, I don't think anybody had him <laughs> even in the first two or three rounds in consensus. <laughs> and for me, Manny, you'll like this. It's Anthony Davis, and I know you're saying, oh, yeah. oh he's a star. But his average draft position is 6.1. And this mm-hmm. is somebody, you know, playing fantasy basketball for mm-hmm. years. He's been a consensus number one or number two pick. So if the right. fact that he's going not top five That's is crazy. crazy to me. Crazy. His power forward yep. and center eligibility, Dwight and JaVale McGee are gone. So the only person that's taller than him on the roster is Marcus All, who didn't even play in the NBA last year. Yep. So I think I think Anthony Davis is going to see a lot of minutes playing center where he wasn't last year. Last year was his first season since his rookie year that he didn't average a double double. Mm-hmm. And so that so the previous six seasons before he has. But mm-hmm. even though he didn't average a double double, he averaged twenty six point one points per game, nine point three rebounds, two point three blocks, one point five steals. He made a record amount of three pointers or three pointers per game because we didn't play the full eighty two. Yep. He had a career high in three point percentage. He shoots eighty five percent from the line. I mean, this guy just does it all. In, in a category league, he's going to give you a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. In a roto or a points league, he's so efficient. So the fact that he's not even a top five player, I know that he's essentially the Robin on the Lakers, but he's mm-hmm. the guy that puts up the stats on the team. He's the and, guy. And I wouldn't – you can make a case in my eyes for taking him number one overall. Absolutely. The fact, sure. the, the fact sure. that he's The fact that he's not even in the top five in drafts is mind-boggling to me. So – if you have a top pick or if you're willing to overspend, I'd say Anthony Davis is the guy for that. Um, but now we ranked number two on the top 100 players list. I thought that was a little, a little made quite a leap this year. But I mean, I, I know that's a little controversial, but I mean, he is that damn good. Yeah. Yeah. So that looks wild, though. Yeah. The, the, but the Lakers championship window is still open. It's not like they're going to load manage him. Like, Mm-hmm. What you know, LeBron is turning 36 this month. They're going to want to win now, and in a shortened 72 game season, every game is going to matter more. And especially mm-hmm. since we're not playing in the bubble, I think you're going to want to see a team like the Lakers try to strive for that home court advantage. But yep. we're now going to be and, a little and the pressure the pressure's off. Like no matter everything they traded for Anthony Davis, right. it was worth it. They won a championship. It's mm-hmm. done. Like they don't. They don't have to win another championship. It, he already cemented himself as like a, a, a success story. So exactly. I think them going into this season with no pressure, it could be it could be scary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that that's very true. And, and the biggest thing was, you know, he got his money. He got oh yeah, he got, he got his five year deal. He's committed, and LeBron has said AD's a guy. It, the, everybody on the team is saying AD's a guy. Everybody's saying that, that he has MVP aspirations this year. You know, he's downplaying it, saying that he's going to play hard. He's going to do what he does and everything takes care of itself. I think he wants to be in the conversation for, for MVP. And I believe that this season, AD has his best season of his life. Oh, I love it. I love I like it. And that, that makes me feel better about potentially overdrafting him. But we're going to be a little pessimist now. And who do you think is going to be a bust? And there's a few players each year who are maybe taken higher than they should be because of their past production or their reputation. So, Coach, I want to start with you. I know that you love every player in the NBA, every prospect, everybody that's ever touched a basketball. But tell me somebody that you're fading a little bit based on their price or their ADP. Did you hear I said the Cavaliers' backcourt was trash last week, Anthony Edwards? <laughs> <laughs> I know I give a lot of praise, but I know people too. 
Um, my pick, and I'm gonna get some backlash on this, is it's Zion at 25. He's my pick. You're not, you're not getting any that. backlash from me. You're not getting any uh, backlash from me. I agree. Look, he's a bona fide star. I love me some Zion, but I'm super, super concerned with his health. I mean, mm. uh, he he's already in college is one year, and professionally he's already missed um, more games than you would like. He's so forceful when he jumps, and his he hasn't kicked the weight yet. He's still got he's still heavy. So I hope I'm wrong. Um, I love him. He's an excellent talent. I'm glued to the TV every time he plays. I mean, he, there's not one player in the NBA probably that's more exciting than Zion Williamson, but I don't trust him enough to take him, especially not at 25. Give me Bam Adebayo at 31. At least I know that he's going to play the whole season. Yeah, you're not going to get any backlash from me, but Brad, I want to transition to you because I know you wanted to touch on James Point. So uh, let me hear your opinion on that and then give me your bust. Uh, I agree with everything James said, except for the weight part. He looked like he lost like 20 pounds from the last picture I saw. He's still like bulky and muscular, which, you know, is kind of the issue. Like we wanted him to be light on his feet for load management purposes, but he's still a big dude. But um, he did lose a lot of weight. That, that was my only uh, critique. I but I, I agree with James. From, from like what I saw in the bubble, he looks so out of shape. And oh, no. But you I think, mean, you maybe, could, like take a take a look at him like right now, like he's 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 really slimmed that's down. That's good. Mm-hmm. That's good news. All right. But uh, my my bust. So um, it's Robert Covington for me. Uh, he's rated as number eight on the forward list, and I think mm-hmm. that's entirely too high. Uh, yep. His new situation is going to put him in a role for a lot less usage. Mm-hmm. So with Covington, you're paying for threes, rebounds, and steals. And he's on a team now that their first option is Dane. He's going to shoot a bunch. Next is CJ. He's going to shoot a bunch. And when he was on the Rockets, he was competing for boards with PJ Tucker at center since Capella was injured. Mm-hmm. And now he's competing with Nurkic. Like, I think Covington's a great 3 and D guy, probably the best in the NBA. But he should be way lower than number eight forward to me. I haven't pegged more in 39 to 42 range with, like, the likes of Josh Richardson, PJ Washington, Daniel House, those kind of guys. Yeah, no, that that's a great pick. And to be honest, I didn't realize Robert Covington was that pick was that high. So thank you for uh, uh, letting me know. I mean, I agree with both your guys' picks so far. Manny, let me hear yours. Well, I have a couple guys listed, but I'm going to give you the most surprising guy on my list, and that's KD. Okay, all right. Ooh. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. The, <laughs> the reason why I, I say KD already. Is, <laughs> the reason why I say KD. Yes, he's, you know, he's excited to come back, but you got to temper your expectations. This guy's just coming off of one of the most terrible injuries he's ever had in his life. I mean, I mean, the injury was bad and then he's recovered. So, you you know, now you're on a new team, new system, you're playing with new players. You don't know how that's going to pan out. So for me, it's more so health and um, availability than more so talent. So. I don't know if KD averages 27 points this year. I don't know. You know, you're playing with a with a ball-dominant guy like Kyrie. Let's not pretend like Kyrie is a, is a Steph kind of guy who's willing to give up the ball, who's willing to create for others. If you look at Kyrie's career, he's never had more than what? Has he ever had more than seven assists a game in the season? No, so, he's never <laughs> had more than six. See, so with, so with Kyrie being a ball-dominant guard, playing with KD, new system, Come, coming off an injury, and a lot of guys are going to draft uh, KD in the first round. I know they are. And he just might not pan out for you. Yeah, I, I, would, rather, I would rather draft a guy like Bradley Beal 
you know, late first round or early second round, then go KD. That's yeah. just my opinion. And, and and I think that's a great pick. I think KD is one of the biggest gambles because talent-wise, nobody's debating that at all. Right. And, and you mentioned he's coming off a serious injury, a torn Achilles. That is detrimental for a lot of basketball players' careers. I mean, we've mm-hmm. seen people like Wesley Matthews come back and, you know, still be decent. But, I mean, he's also 32 years old. And right. is he can have that elite scoring ability. Brad, I'll let you jump in real quick before I get to mine. I'll just say if you get 80% of, of KD's production from last year, he's still a first-round pick. Like, that guy, he's all the category. Like, I, I don't think it's crazy to say we're going to get 80% of Kevin Durant. You don't know. Especially when you look at how John Wall just came back. Like, right. the, yeah. the way modern medicine's going, the way these guys have been sitting out and, and taking care of their bodies, I'm not too scared. But I see your point. But, yeah. Brad, what if he gives you that Kawhi Leonard treatment? That, oh, I'm going to play this game, but I'm going to miss two games. But then I'm going to come back and play another game. And then, you know what? I'm going to miss three games. Or Kawhi did that, but he was still he was still a first-round pick. Like, he was still giving you first-round production when he was doing that little management. So, even if he's taking – it's annoying. It's annoying, yeah. but he still gives you the numbers you need. That's yeah. a great point. Great that's point. That's a good point. Good point. And, and you know, that's why I love having debating on here because we both come from different perspectives. And for me, we touched on him earlier in the show, and I didn't want to give anything away. But for me, it's Paul George, his ADP at 26.9. <laughs> so outside Ooh. his second year in OKC, he's never averaged more than 23 points per game. And that was the year that he was all NBA first team. So he's a good scorer, but he's not an elite scorer. And mm-hmm. I'm not going to talk about durability, I'm not going to bring up his leg injury. But he's never played more than 37 minutes per game in a season. So mm. he's, he's always kind of had like a minutes restriction. He's never, he's never been that type that has played those, you know, 40-plus minutes a game like the Jimmy Butlers, the LeBrons. He's averaged five rebounds per game for his career, three to four assists, two to five turnovers per game. I think he's really good defensively, and I think he's a very good real-life basketball player. I don't think he's going to give you that elite production that you'd want at 27. Like James said, I'd rather go someone like Bam, where he's going to get you points, rebounds, mm-hmm. assists, blocks, steals, and probably play more minutes. I think mm-hmm. Paul George is the bigger name, which dries up his value. But in terms of what you're actually going to get, I don't like him in that range. Um, what? But we're going to now, like an EKG, we're going to go up, down, up, <laughs> and we're going to go sleeper. So, as mentioned before, who's the Bam out of bio this year? And maybe this player is an star in the making, somebody that's going to get paid. Maybe he's in a better position to see minutes as somebody who was blocking it last year got traded. So, Brad, I want to start with you on this. Who is your sleeper? And I feel like you've just given me your sleeper, so give me another one. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. This is my real sleeper. And it's I'm not expecting, you know, Bam out of bio production, but – I think you're going to be able to draft this guy super low and you're going to be happy you have him on your team. So I'm keeping with the stat stuffing strategy, but looking for somebody a little more under the radar. And to me, that's Lou Dort. So the way Lou Dort played in the playoffs and strapped down James Harden, who could be the greatest offensive player ever, it really just blew my mind. So he's ranked 66 for forwards. And I think that's a fair ranking. I just don't believe that he's on that many people's radars at 66. He averaged 7-2-1, and one, which is nothing to call home about. But OKC is in rebuild mode, so they want to see what they have in their young players. So guys like SGA and Lou Dort are going to get a lot of run, and they're going to get a lot of responsibility. I'm going to judge him from what I saw from him in the bubble. So if you look at his playoffs per 36 minutes, which is closer to the minutes load I'd expect him to get this season, he would have averaged 15-5. and five. 
And I think that's great value for somebody in the late round who's also going to give you threes and some steals and some blocks. So he's somebody I think you should definitely let fall to you. All right, so now it's officially a podcast, as we've mentioned, Lou Dort. Just saying. Just yeah. saying. Now, now it's officially a podcast. <laughs> Brad, a great, great pick, and I'm, I'm glad that I'm drafting with you because I'll snipe him. Uh, Manny, no, Manny, no, I won't allow it. Okay, I'll, I'll, we'll, we'll, we'll have a bidding war for him. Manny, 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 who's your sleeper? Let me hear it. JJJ. Jaron Jackson Jr. Okay. I love it. I love I like it. That. I love it. Like, already, you're playing in Memphis, Okay. Memphis is trash. Memphis is rebuilding. <laughs> Memphis has no stars. Memphis has nobody to mm. go to. You have John Moran. I get it. You have John Moran. Oh, you have Jaron Jackson. Okay? I'm not disrespecting John Moran. I'm not disrespecting Jaron Jackson. What I'm saying is... That's Brad's have, baby boy. <laughs> they don't have any fun. vets. They don't have any vets or any scorers that's going to come in and put up 20 a game. So, with that being said... A lot of volume, just like SGA and Lou Dort getting a lot of run, a lot of uh, shots. This guy is going to have a potential this season to average 27 points a game. Somebody has to score. Yes, you do have some guys. You have that, uh, the light skin guy with the crazy hair. What's his name? Dylan Brooks. I know who I'm talking about. Yeah. So Brooks is out there and he's going to get some shots up. But outside of that, who's really going to put up shots? So I like Jaron Jackson a lot this season. He has a potential to average 27 points this season. He has a potential to average anywhere between 10 to 13 rebounds. I mean, he's going to be a really, really good player this year. And it seems like he's going up each and every single year. So he's a guy that you can snag at a good price and he can give you some top tier production. That's a great pick. And I, I, I like that you had mentioned Memphis isn't a glamorous team. I think Ja Morant is putting them more on the map. But they're typically viewed, as, I think, from a typical NBA fan, as one of the more boring teams. You know, t- taking it back to the grit and grind era. But he's yeah. getting minutes, mm-hmm. and that's that's what you're looking for in fantasy basketball. Is the opportunity. He three, two. Yeah, he can. Yes, he yes. can. Yes. Uh, Coach, I know you probably have like seven sleepers, but just give me one. <laughs> uh, I had two because I thought Brad was going to go Christian Wood, but my guy is, and I noticed the trend it. on sleepers of uh, these players play on bad teams, so they're going to get used like they wouldn't be used on, on really good teams. My guy is Marvin Bagley the third. Mm, um, mm. Three Year number three is where we see a big jump. I mean, he does have a career average of 15 and eight, which isn't great, but he's listed at 128 on the top 200. He's behind Larry Nance. I mean – um, I'm he's a, he's gonna be a steal in this draft. He's gonna be, take a big step up. They've had nine months off. This guy works hard, and I, he has all of the skills. I mean, he's an offensive machine. I can see him overtaking Holmes in that starting position. I like Holmes, but um, you got to see what you have in Bagley. Um, whether you're gonna sign him or or or, or try to move him. Um, year number three. I mean, he's in front of Doncic and Trey Young. He's got to live with that the rest of his life. Let's try to salvage his career. I really like Marvin Beck coming out of high school, and I love him for this year. Nine months off working on his game. Yeah, I I, I think that's a great pick. I think that's a great pick as well. I love Marvin Bagley, and he was actually a fantasy stud last year. The main thing with him seems to be durability, and he's just always getting hurt, which kind of opened the door for Rashawn Holmes last year. For me, he's like my biggest sleeper of the draft, and I feel dirty telling it to you guys. And now I know I'm going to have to overpay for him. But for me, it's John Collins with an ADP of 48.1. So I'm going to get the caveat out there that I know Clint Capella is getting minutes. I know they signed Bogdanovich. I know they signed Gallinari. 
He was suspended 25 games in 2019 for PED use, so that probably dinged his ADP a little bit. But for the season, he averaged 21.6 points per game, 10.1 rebounds, and 1.6 blocks. He had 21 double-doubles after he came back, so he's getting that most games if you get a, a bonus for that. Shot 60% from the field. He had random games last year where he'd go for 33-16 and 16 against the Clippers, and then two days later, 32-16 and 16 against the Knicks. Once again, I, I think anybody that watched NBA basketball knows that the Hawks are probably going to be in top five in points scored, but also points allowed. They're not going to play any defense. And you don't care about that in fantasy basketball. You care about teams that are putting up points. And I think he has high upside because it's a contract year. And I think, you know, like I said, they have a log jam, but I think John Collins is the most talented they have at that forward position. I think him and Trey Young have chemistry. Trey Young has a high usage rate. He's played with Collins every year that he's been in the NBA. And I see him putting up a monster year, certainly well worth or certainly better than the 48.1 ADP he's at now. I think that's just ridiculous. I'll say this, Eric. Um, I watched I watched the Hawks last night uh, in their first preseason game. You know, you can't take too much away from a preseason game, especially the first one. But Clint Capella and, Jane, and John Collins starting in that front court, it, it's not going to bode well for fantasy. Like, Capella is getting all the, the rebounds. He's getting all the rim running. Like that's fine. John yeah. Collins is staying out on the perimeter, man. It's it's gonna be tough. Hey, man, that's fine. Just let John Collins slip to me. I'll take him. That's fine. No, I. That's fine. I'm I'm glad you didn't agree with me because I don't want you taking all the players that like. <laughs> but, but but last last little bit of news or, or the topic we'll touch on is what rookie do you think is gonna have an impact this fantasy season? So as mentioned, we're essentially having no training camp, minimal preseason as there's two to four games and a 72 game regular season. So a lot of these players haven't played competitive games in six plus months. And what rookie is grabbing your attention? I, I'm going to start. Um, you know, I wanted to say Obi Toppin, but Nick from P2W touched on him last week, and I want to provide the listeners new content. So for me, it's Precious Achua, and his ADP is 140, which means he's essentially going undrafted. So he's 6'9". That's the same height as uh, Bam Adebayo. And the only people that are taller than him on the Heat are Myers Leonard and Kelly Olynyk. So I could see him getting some runs at the four and five. The Heat draft picks, they do well. You're looking at Tyler Hero, Kendrick Nunn, Duncan Robinson. I think they're probably the best at player development in the NBA. He averaged 15.8, 10.8 rebounds, two blocks, and a steal at Kentucky. So somebody that did it all. Um, he does. He is a little detrimental. He averaged 2.8 turnovers a game, 60% from the free throw line. So he's not going to be somebody that like provides value in those categories, but I do think he's going to provide values in rebounds and blocks. Um, and he's the 87th ranked forward. That's below Dirk, who's retired. That's below Vince Carter, who's retired. And that's below Kevin Garnett, who's retired. So when you're when you're below people that have been out of the NBA for a one-plus season, that's how I know you're disrespected. <laughs> so that's mine. I, I think he's going to have an impactful rookie season. Manny, who's yours? Um, I had Obi Topin, but I'm going to choose another guy. I have LaMelo. Um, I think that he's going to be a guy that can get you multiple categories. Um, he's He has a big frame. You know, he's tall. Uh, he's quick. I see him averaging about five to six rebounds this season, and that can be valuable if you're playing in a dynasty or a super, super deep um, uh, fantasy league. Um, yeah, I like LaMelo this year. 
Yeah, and and it's interesting. Might, you know, I was going to say he might I'll, get some run at the forward. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say that too. Eric. He he really might because he's six six seven six eight. Like they might let him. They might plug him in at three. He might get some eligibility there. You know, it's interesting. I feel like I'm the only Lamelo Ball hater. We've had some guests on, and everybody <laughs> loves him, and they they think he's the best draft pick coming out. And they're like, "Oh, I'm taking him," and in, in our leagues. I, you know, if he's good, I'll, I'll be the first one to admit I'm wrong. I will write to him on Twitter and say, hey, you probably don't know me, but I've been dinging you. But it'll be interesting to see. I feel like you either love him or hate him. Uh, Coach, who is your rookie sleeper you're looking at? Um, I li- first of all, I like you guys' picks um, before this. And uh, Ochoa, I thought, was a wonderful fit for uh, Miami. But my guy is, is, again, James Wiseman, like my favorite player. I mean, his competition over there in Golden State is Marquise Chris, who's, you know, a decent player, but he's going to get some run, and they're going to see what they have in him, whether that's their, their trial run to see if they can maybe move him um, for a, like, a title contender type of player, like, a, you know, like a Blake Griffin, so to speak. Um, but I, I love Wiseman. I love his potential. Um, might get a Wiseman jersey just as, so it says Wiseman on the back. I mean, Jesus' birthday right around the corner. I'm all in on James Wiseman, and, um, you know, you might be playing the tapes three years from now and saying how bad of a take that was, but this is my guy, and I'm standing behind him all the way, James Wiseman. Wait, uh, James, you're not uh, worried about Alan Smelichick, who's 6'10", taking minutes away from James Wiseman? <laughs> Who? Right? Like, I don't even know. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> All right, Brad, let me hear your uh, your rookie. And, of course, it's probably going to be a sleeper. No, no. I, so, for me, it was going to be Obi Toppin, but you guys have already mentioned him, so I won't go into depth. I'd say my backup rookie would be um, Okoro for Cleveland. That's good um, You guys mentioned how Cleveland backcourt is, is not the best, but for fantasy purposes, they're kind of a team that's just – this is – this is almost like a, a year just for growth. Like, they're not trying to win anything. They're not going to try to make the playoffs. They just want their young guys to grow, get their buckets, make their mistakes, and and get better going forward. So I think the backcourt and Garland and, and um, uh, uh, Colin Sexton, are they're going to shoot a lot of shots and probably under 40%, which means the is going to get a lot of boards, and he's going he's gonna to be a nice rim runner, and he's going to get – the blocks and he's athletic and I really think he can have a nice stat stuffing impact for Cleveland provided you don't have to draft him too high. He's somebody I'd let fall to me. Yeah. And that's a good pick. And and maybe not even at the beginning of the season as they have uh, Andre Drummond and Kevin Love, but we talk about people that might be traded and if Cleveland, Cleveland realizes that they can get some value for those players. I mean, I think if Drummond or Kevin Love get traded, he is the main beneficiary from that. So um, you know, maybe somebody that doesn't provide the impact right away, but a rookie on the waiver wire that maybe you can pick up and stash and will provide some value later towards the season in the playoffs when you really need it. Great job, gentlemen. We are going to transition now to our question of the week. And we are sponsored by Shady Rays. So, fellas, I work a full time or I work a sales job full time. So I don't want to sell you on anything, but I'll ask you some questions instead. Do you enjoy being blinded? No! Great. The Shady Rays are going to cover your eyes. Do you like looking cool? Yes. 
Great. Well, their sunglasses are stylish and they got a lot of options too. Do you like helping the community? Of course. Well, perfect, because for every pair donated, they donate 10 meals to Feeding America. Don't you like when your products have warranties? Um, yeah, but I guess, isn't that self-explanatory that I do? Well, perfect. I mean, they have warranties on them. So if you followed along, congrats, you're not a millennial. You, But you can also save 25% on a pair of Shady Rays with the code TRIPLEPLAY at ShadyRays.com. This applies to anything besides the RX series. If you don't order, I'm going to cold call you. Don't make me cold call you. So our question of the week sponsored by Shady Rays is who has had the best rookie season since Magic and Bird? Because I think we can all agree that they probably had the best. Um, So Manny, you are the guest. I want to start with you. Who caught your eye year one? Man, thank you. I'm glad that you chose me first because had somebody picked this guy, I don't know what I would have picked. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I got Luca, man. Luca, I mean, look what he did. 21.2 points, 7.8 rebounds, and six assists as a rookie. And these numbers are better than LeBron James in their rookie season. I mean, Luca was special. You know, it's controversial. Who do you take? Trey or Luca, you know, that big deal that went down. And I keep, me and my dad debate all the time. He's a Trey guy, and I'm a Luca guy. I keep telling him that Luca's next level, man. Luca's special. He's big, he's strong. I mean, he's a he's an improving shooter. But yeah, that that rookie season was magical, man. And Dallas fans should be excited. Yeah. Luca's my pick. I agree. And in terms of the Trey and Luca, I understand it's a debate. I think I think every organization in the NBA would be happy to have one of those two for a rebuild. Yeah, exactly. Coach, I know you're a big basketball fan. You've been watching for a while. Um, who's your pick? Um, yeah, I, I, Manny, I think your dad's in the minority on the on the Trey Young. I mean, we all love Trey Young, but <laughs> next case of the NBA. Um, now, when I was looking at this, there was a clear cut number one guy. It, it, it's Michael Jordan, but I, that's not fair use. So I'm, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Tim Duncan. Tim Duncan came oh into the league 97, 98, 21, 12, two and a half blocks. Team went to the playoffs. They lost to Utah. Went to the finals and lost to Chicago. Um, but it was a clear that he's the best player in the team, and he's playing on a, a former MVP's um, team. And in, in, in David Robinson, they mesh well. You have the twin towers formed and. Next year, he set the league on fire and uh, won Finals MVP. So I, I love Tim Duncan. He was a four-year player at Wake Forest, so he came in extra ready. Um, I'm sorry, Brad, if I took your took your guy. <laughs> names if you if you want to filibuster somebody else, but yeah, Tim Duncan for me was the most impressive rookie that I've seen. That's a great pick, and I love how you're like, well, I'm I'm gonna pick. I'm not gonna pick MJ, who was the third <laughs> overall pick. That's too easy. So I'll just go to number the guy who was number one overall and got and had a Hall of Fame career. <laughs> Big jump there, Coach Brad. I had, I thought you were gonna go John Morant with your baby boy, but I guess it was Duncan. No, no, no. He had a great he had a great year, but he's not in like the pantheon of rookie years. And I had the same as Coach. Man, we're we're locked in. We're on the same page. I mean, twenty two. 12 and two and a half blocks from a rookie who also topped the league in defensive win shares and was named rookie of the month every single month of the season and started 82 games. That's, that's absurd. 
Like you, I don't think that'll ever happen again. That kind of dominance from a rookie. Like LeBron wasn't even that dominant. I, I just think Tim Duncan had one of the best rookie seasons of all time. You know, including MJ, including Larry Bird, including Magic, and um, it really just foreshadowed the Hall of Fame career that he was going to have. That, that's a great pick, and for me, I'm going Kevin Durant, and I look at it from a couple other angles because when he was drafted in 2007, the whole debate. Now I remember Portland seeing. Um, uh, the Blazers had billboards up of, oh, do we take Odin or Durant? And it was like, Seattle was in the driver's seat because they just got the one that fell. That was the debate for the longest time. Yeah. And I think after year one, that was put to rest. And yeah. if you also look at he came I in. I still the, love Greg Odin. I, yeah, I do too, but you wouldn't have taken him number one if you're the Blazers <laughs> replaying the 2007 draft. But you talk about Coming into the league, he averaged 20 points a game right away, 20.2 his rookie season. So getting buckets right away, foreshadowing what he was going to be scoring-wise. And you also look at it. I mean, if you're a Seattle Supersonics fan and you're, you know, in your late 20s like me, Brad, and James are, Manny, I don't know your age. 34. Um, 34. You probably don't have those memories of the Sean Kemp's, the Gary Payton's, where you're making it to the finals. So what are your highlights of being a Supersonics fan? You can say – I saw KD his rookie year. I knew he was going to be special. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, he played his rookie season in Seattle. He obviously built a fan base there. But then he was essentially a rookie again with OKC. And you're talking about, you know, he probably now built a bigger following as a rookie because he played in two different markets his first two seasons. So I think with all that expectation and that pressure – to me, in that perspective, maybe not statistically, but the influence, I think he had the best rookie season. But all great answers. All great answers. Y'all making me feel bad. Everybody, uh, chose, everybody <laughs> chose legends but me. I, Luka, <laughs> hey, Luca is a legend in the making. He had a historical season, man. Yeah, yeah, I thought somebody was going to go Luca, so I was like, okay, I'll have KD. If somebody picks him, I'm done. Um, I didn't but think I'm, anyone was going to go Tim Duncan, man. Coach, coach would like this. I asked Shaq had 23-14 in four blocks a game, so I was going to go with him okay. if he would have went. I'm not, was a I'm not surprised Coach had seven answers, but speaking yeah. of Coach, you are hosting our game this week, and what are we playing? I am, and this is rookie points per game average. We're going to try to find the total, whoever's closest. It's not if you're over, you don't count. It's whoever is closest. Um, and if you get the exact point, it's an extra point. So if it's uh, 20.1 for Kevin Durant for each season, then you get two points. But he's not on the list anymore, E. I took him off because of you. Ah! <laughs> okay. Um, and you can't go over. Price is right. You can't go over. It has to be under. No, okay. no, no, no. Whoever's closest. Okay, perfect. So you said one point if you're closest, and then two points if you get it? Absolutely. All right, let's do it. All right, let's get this show on the road. Um, number one, Manny, you're going to go first, followed by E, and then Brad, you're going to close. I got it written out, so it's going gonna, it's gonna to work out perfectly, E. This is Giannis. Manny, you have Giannis to start. Point per game, his rookie season. Whew. <laughs> uh I would say five. And um, that makes Eric, your second. I'm going 14.7. I'm going to go 16. 
All right, so Manny is by far the closest. It was 6.8. Wow. So Manny, oh, wow. Yeah, yeah I knew he was terrible. Sorry, guys. It's my brother. <laughs> <laughs> Some people develop later in life. So all these guys are all-stars, former players, current players, MVPs. So it's, it's, a, it's a wide gamut. Number two, Brad, you're going to lead off, followed by Manny and E. Um, this is James Harden, the beard, popular guy. Uh, he's uh, coming off the bench. I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go nine points. All right, Manny. Twelve. I'm going right in. I'm going right in the middle. I'm saying eleven point two. Nice. Um, so technically, Brad is the closest because it was nine point nine, but you're like off by like by like point three. All right, number three. Um, E, you're gonna start this one, Brad, second, and Manny, third. This is Blake Griffin. Ooh. Um, I want to say I'm gonna go 18.6. 18.6. I remember he had he had a great year. I'm gonna go 20. And Manny, I'm gonna go 17. All right, Brad takes this one. It was 22.5 points per game his rookie season. Remember, towards ACL, so he kind of missed that first year. Yeah, um, and he's still a rookie a year from John Wall. Yep. Um, but, yeah, that's the second highest points per game total of his career. All right, number four, we're going to start with Manny. And this is Vince Carter. Whew. Man. Uh, um, man, I want to say 16. All right. I know he – Eric? I'm going to go 15. And Brad? I'm going to go 15.5. All right. This one goes to Manny. He averaged 18.3. That's a league on form that year. Man, I'm awful at this game. I'm not used to being awful. It's okay. Number five, uh, we're going to start with Brad, followed by Manny, then Eric, and this is Kobe Bryant. Dean, Kobe Dean Bryant. Oh, it's my go? Um, I'm going to say he had that rough rookie season. He wasn't playing a bunch. I'm going to say 10 points. And Manny? I'm going to say seven. Um, Eric? I'm going to go 11.3. All right, this is another one for Manny, who now has three. So Manny is the winner of our game. Manny, Woo-hoo! 15 seconds of FaceTime is yours. Is there anything that uh, – you want to plug to the Twitter community or anything that you're working on? Yeah, man. Hey, if you guys have ladies out there and you guys are looking for some beauty products, looking for some skincare products, nutrition products for the men, click on the link tree on my Twitter at Manny Chakuba and get you something for your loved one or yourself for the holidays. Appreciate you guys. Yeah. And, you know, around this time, we're all looking to support each other. It's very tough times. Uh, Manny is a great follow on Twitter. He's very active, huge sports guy. 
Manny, I was going to plug your Twitter on there. Um, you beat me to it. But really appreciate, really appreciate you having on. Appreciate you guys, man. For real. I've been trying to get on here, man. I want to say that you guys do an awesome job. I listen to the pod all the time. You guys have had amazing guests. You guys have had guests that I've been trying to get on my show and I wasn't able to, but <laughs> you guys are amazing, man. I, I we, appreciate appreciate, that, man. we appreciate that. And we'll definitely have to have you on during the season to kind of talk about how our picks, if they're panning out or not. Uh, next episode, we will be covering season preview where we uh, go into some predictions of who's going to win awards, league winners, uh, and all that good stuff. Until then... Everybody stay safe, wear a mask, and be safe.